Welcome to the Leader's Life Podcast, where we implement that old school grind with that new school mind. What is up, fam? I'm your host, Amar. And before we get started, please make sure you hit on that subscribe button so you never, ever miss out. We have the expert series, a welcome back expert series. We have my good friend, Joelle, who is a world-renowned international speaker, psychotherapist, and trauma expert. You guys got to check her out. As a person who has overcome adversity of her own, her goal is to be a psychotherapist, to teach clients how to do the same in order to live a full life with meaning and balance. With that being said, welcome back to the Leaders Life Podcast, Joelle. Thanks, Amar. It's great to see you again. Well, great to see you too. We were just uh, chatting offline, kind of catching up and... Wow, a lot. You have a lot going on from the last time we met. So let's just jump right into this, Joelle. Kind of fill the listeners in on what you got going on. Kind of explain to yourself, to the new listeners, who you are kind of in a in more detail of kind of what I did in the intro and kind of jump right into it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my name's Joelle Rabel Melitis. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, this is my second career. I think if you were listening before, many of you have heard that I was a professional ballerina for 22 years and then decided to be a trauma therapist and we can all draw the dots, but that's a whole nother story. And then I did my um, uh, clinical PhD and my dissertation was broad spectrum eating disorders, trauma and um, addiction science. Again, ballerina dots, you know, we, we've got the drill. So that's a little bit about me. I have a clinic in California, we have now locations in other states. It's been really exciting. So that's grown since I saw you last. Um, oh my gosh, the my TED Talk hit over 3.2 million views and was translated into Slovenian Ooh. since I saw you last. And um, let's see, I've got a couple of keynotes um, globally that are coming up this year. But my my biggest exciting news is I have a workbook series that is getting ready to launch. And so I will show for all of those that are looking at the video. Um, this is the test copy here. Self-love work workbook. Yes. I am so excited. First off, you see yes. what happens when you come on the Leader's Life podcast and then come back on 3.2 million TED Talks. Yeah. You're welcome, Joelle. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I know, Amar, I appreciate it. Thank you, all of your listeners, for liking the TED Talk. Thank you. No, uh, you are you are just absolutely crushing it. And the main reason why, like, first of all, I brought you back because you're just a badass. But secondly, I've been, since the last time you were, you were on here, uh, I hear a lot of people um, with trauma. And then trauma has been kind of like the new thing that people are realizing that Hey, my inner child trauma has held me back today. Yeah. My trauma that happened to me when I was eight or nine years old is the reason why I feel I'm not good enough at 41, those type of situations. So can we just jump into right off the bat, like just trauma and what actually defines trauma? Like just kind of like for just in layman's terms, if I'm explaining this to my kids, like what is trauma? Yeah, I love I love this question, and you know, for me as um, a, a clinician and and an expert in the field, trauma is in the eyes of the beholder. And what I mean by that is something can be traumatic for someone, right? For a child, and that doesn't necessarily mean it would be traumatic for me or for my child, right? And so, some of it is contextual. 
we used to, and we in the world of psychology define trauma as things that were horrific in nature, right? That caused terror and, and our fight flight freeze mechanisms would key off. And so we had big T traumas, which were things like um, sexual assault, rape, something, you know, horrific happening, war, and little T traumas, which were things that were witnessed, right? Um, or something like um, uh, an injurious car accident, right? That caused lifelong injury. And we've moved away from that model for good reason, right? And so really trauma is something that we hold on to, our body remembers, our mind remembers, it affects our soul or our spirit, right? And we have a hard time moving on from it. And a lot of times it's unconscious, right? So we don't necessarily know why we're stuck. And so trauma is insidious. Yes. I love that. I love that you said that because you're right. You don't realize it's in it. I'm going to give you, uh, you know, an example with myself. I'll just be very, very honest and, and vulnerable right here. I remember there was a point where, you know, I was not good enough. I didn't remember where I wasn't good enough, but then I joined a mastermind and they were able to, to didn't realize that, holy fat, holy, like since I was 16 years old, I had this moment where I didn't feel good enough, 16, 17 years old. And it came up at like 37, 38, uh, you know, in my business, the same reason. And I had no idea. So this trauma wasn't necessarily trauma at the time, but it came up while we were talking about not being good enough. And it was just insane that how that just kind of came up that way. So does that kind of, I guess, back what you're saying where you say people don't know even they have trauma is like, that's, that's insane to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's very interesting when we talk about relational trauma, generational trauma, which are really both popular terms right now. Um, complex trauma. These are kind of buzzwords that, that people are looking at, um, vicarious or secondary trauma, which a lot of us have experienced by just watching the news in the last three years, right? Or, you know, or even longer, depending on how, how you're impacted by current events, right? Um, so all of these things can, can map as trauma responses. So it's when we have a fear-based reaction to something, right, that we don't move through. So, if we think about it in that term, right, we, we have fear-based reactions all the time. And some people say, well, I don't know if I've ever experienced trauma or I'm just very resilient. Other people have experienced, you know, something horrific um, that meets every criteria, pushes every button, right? And yet they don't necessarily have long-lasting trauma responses, right? So this idea of resiliency is also really interesting when it comes to trauma. Why, why do we move through some things that are really very scary, like a car accident, the loss of someone, you know, a close friend, family member, um, you know, near-death experiences? And yet, you know, when I was a child and my coach yelled at me, right, and said that I, I'm terrible and I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to, you know, like for you, play for me, dance, right, professionally, all of these messages that we got as teenagers, we didn't log that as being traumatic. We were just being coached, right? Mm -hmm. And now when we're grownups doing other things, those negative messages are really subconscious, right? So there is a level of traumatic response to that. You know, um, wow. it doesn't mean that we're not resilient. It just it, it is it's impacting our ability to to get past that negative subconscious messaging, right? 
There you go. And that was my next question is, how do you get past that? How do you get past something that you didn't realize was inside of you? And then all of a sudden, you it's inside of you. And it's you use the word stuck, and then you become stuck, and you're not able to move forward. So what's that next step? Once you realize, shit, this trauma is holding me back, and I, I am paralyzed. Yeah. And, you know, this is a much, much more complicated answer. And part of it is there's socioeconomic, you know, constraints for some people, right? And so not everybody has the ability, um, privilege, right, to go to therapy or go work with a coach or trauma expert. So, you know, Sometimes that can be a limiting factor. Just as a side note, any um, you know, graduate school of psychology typically has a, a community counseling center or they have a counseling program that's attached to the university that people can go and seek treatment for um, low if no cost. And there, you're working with, you know, interns or postdoc doctorate students, but it's really great care. They're under supervision. They're learning, but it is one way to, you know, get get low cost care. So there's a lot of programs out there. Um, all of the social, you know, socials, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok. There, there's a ton of of, you know, platforms out there for people to get get care. That's one thing. There's a million and one self-help tools. There's free apps. There's um, books. There's workbooks like mine and others. You know, there, there's a lot of stuff out there. And so getting the information is not as hard as, as it seems. It just feels daunting sometimes, right? Um, so, so that's a piece of the, of the answer, right? The other part is it depends on what you really are looking to do? Is it something that you're getting stuck with in the way that you think about things where we would want to use skills-based or empirically-based um, psychological models like cognitive behavioral thought or CBT? And you can get, you know, a CBT coach app for free. You can, I mean, there's an app called Wobot, which was developed at Stanford and it's brilliant. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of things like that that will take you through a, a therapeutic model to help work through trauma, right? There are body-based um, healing techniques, whether it's Reiki, whether it's acupuncture, acupressure, or something that's somatic-based EMDR, eye rapid movement desensitization models that are designed to work with trauma that's stuck in the body. So we're not really conscious of it or talking about it, right? We're working more with our body response. So there's a ton of stuff out there, right? But there's a ton of stuff out there. And thank you so much for, for sharing that. And, you know, and this is, this is a question that I want to ask because it bothers the shit out of me. And honestly, I'm one of these people where I don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. I, you know, I don't want to put myself, you know, put all my dirty laundry out there. I just want, I can deal with it on my own. I can deal with it on my own. But then what I realized is when I'm keeping it all in, I hold it in, I take it out of my family. I take it out of my business. I take it out on everywhere else. So my question to you is why do, why are people like myself so resistant, so resistant to talking to somebody or seeking help and until we, it's almost too late or we hit that rock bottom. 
Yeah. Cause there's a stigma, right? Cause because people that, you know, go to therapy are quote crazy end quote, right? Like the, <laughs> we have this, we have the stigma attached to it. You know, men don't, men don't go to therapy like that. There's a stigma in just, just that there's so gender-based stigma, right? Um, the cultural based stigma, some, some cultures don't see, you know, sharing um, your problems, right? Again, these are all air quotes, sharing your problems mm -hmm. with somebody that's not part of the family is not acceptable. So there's all sorts of re resistance and reasons why people don't go to therapy. Um, for me, I look at it as, look, we, we spend a lot of money on our, on our diet and nutrition, right? We spend a lot of money on our medical care, right? We, we spend a lot of money on um, our, you know, vanity, right? Our healthcare, our skincare, <laughs> right? Why don't we spend money on our mind care? We just don't because, because the assumption is if I go to therapy, then I'm crazy, right? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I love that you just said mind care because you're right. I, I know people who spend thousands of dollars a month on their supplements for their muscles and then they have their you know morning morning pills and then their afternoon pills and they got all these you know these Welcome to my of, yeah <laughs> these, these cocktails of, of of pills but you're right it's like but when it comes down to investing in a therapist or investing in a coach or investing in anything that's going to I mean I'm using the word investing purposely right. not expense right. investing in it and and in my opinion it's the best return in any investment. And I'm a finance guy. I can tell you right now, the best thing I ever did was invest in myself and my mental health by, you know, very open, talking to a therapist, having a therapist, talking to a coach, having a coach. For me personally, I was so anti it. And the reason why I was, was ego, pride. Like, I'm a tough guy, Arr, you know, hear me roar. And it was like to the point where, yeah, you know what? I'm this tough guy over here, all talking all big and bad over here on the Leaders Life podcast. But, you know, before before I worked on myself, I was, you know, Amar just with a mask on over there in the corner. And now that I'm comfortable enough to do that, I would not have been able to if it wasn't for the support and, my, and for myself to speak openly about the stuff that I was struggling with. Totally. I, and I, I mean, I can be super transparent too. I always laugh and say, you know, I, I, I write curriculum for psych programs. I, I just wrote this workbook series. I love, I love workbooks. I love them. I am the worst patient ever because I refuse to do them. <laughs> and, right. And, and I, and I buy them every time I'm in the airport, I travel a lot. Like I go and see what new workbooks are out there and what new psych books are out there. And I buy more book. I come home every time I with more stuff. And part of it is what I realized is that it's not scary for me to read it and do it as a thought exercise, right? It is terrifying to me to write down the answer because when I put it on paper, it means that it's real. And, and in some ways, when I'm working on my PTSD or, or um, you know, complex trauma and I have to put it on paper, it means I'm, I have to actually look at it, right? I have to stare at it in the face and in some ways relive it. Now, I'm so far removed from it where that's not triggering and I don't have all of these aftermath effects from it, but there was a time when that was very real for me. And so just the thought of having to write it down, of journaling, of going and talking to an expert meant that um, I had to relive it. So was that... what? 
what, what was that going to mean for my life that I was going to be in the corner in the fetal position in a dark room, because that's how I felt, right? I felt like if I open up that Pandora's box, I will never, right? Hyperbolically, I will never be able to put it all back and go to work the next day, right? Participate in whatever it was the next day. And it, it was so real for me, but, but that was, but that's still part of it where, like I said, I love workbooks and I open them up and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. Right. And then I sit there and I'm like, I could just think about it. I'll just, I'll just answer the questions on my walk. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I love, thank you for being honest about that. So that's good, but you still found the, found the way to do that. And, and, and that's, that's, that's the biggest thing right here. That's the one thing I want listeners to know is that like, if you are struggling with something and you're stuck and you've tried, you know, the self-care stuff and it didn't work, there's time to seek, seek for help. But there's one thing that I, I wanted to pivot and ask you about because this has happened. I've had people in the coaching world reach out to me about this and you are, you know, specialized in relationships, but they say that, hey, I want to go get, I wanted to go get help, but my spouse or my boyfriend or my girlfriend said, I don't need it. Yeah. What is your advice to that? Just as I said, opinion, I don't want, I, but I see you like, you want to answer this one. She's smiling right now because it's good. But I hear this so much, Joelle, like where they're just not support their, their loved ones are not supporting them and they want to get help. They finally have the courage. They finally have the courage to say, you know what, I'm going to get help. And then they get shot down. Because again, I think it's terrifying because, okay, you're going to go talk to somebody about, you know, our mediocre sex life or the fact that we, you know, fight more than we have fun or that, you know, I cheated on you and you're going to go tell this other person and they're going to tell you to leave me. Right. Nailed it. Yeah. That's, that's what I hear. No, no, you can't go talk to this other person. Like you don't, you don't need help. Everything is fine. And then the next argument is, you know, you're crazy. What's wrong with you? Why can't you just. Wow. Right. So, so yeah. So some of it is toxic relationships. Some of it is love bombing. Some of it is, you know, can be pretty serious emotional abuse or psychological abuse. Right. Other components of it are, yeah, because it's terrifying to say to your, your partner, guess what? I'm going to go to therapy to talk about the fact that our relationship, I'm not happy in my life, which in part includes our relationship. And so that means I'm going to go talk to somebody about you. Like a threat. <laughs> they take it as a threat. Yes, of course. Of course. Right. And, and a therapist and, and a good coach, a good therapist who's worth their salt. One is always doing their own work and growth and development, right? Like we don't stop working on ourselves because we've learned it all. I mean, I just got done telling you about how I hate filling out workbook. Like like (laughs) in some ways that's a little, you know, embarrassing to admit, but it's true, right? I still see a therapist. Um, And I think part of it is, is when we have this open-mindedness, right? This willing to continue to grow, we're not static. Humans are not static. Every, Every day brings us new challenges, which means we grow, we change. We also get stuck. Um, I just, I just launched one, one kid that graduated from college and is in his, you know, first job and another one that's a rising senior who's a D1 athlete and I'm an empty nester. And it's a little terrifying because I don't know what to do with myself. Right. And, 
like these are real, real things. I have, I'm very blessed with support and, and, you know, a wonderful family. And, um, and there are times where it doesn't feel that way, right. Or I'm stuck. And, and so having that support is really, is really important. So a therapist and, and a coach that are worth their, their salt, right. Are never going to tell you to leave someone unless there is clear signs of abuse, right? And even then, it's not my job to tell you to stay with somebody or to leave them or that's not my job. My job is to sit there and support and say, what do you want? What's working for you? What's not working for you? How can you get the life that you want? And why are you getting stuck and not achieving the life that you want? It's not about the other person. It's about you. There you go. You said it. It's about you. And if your spouse or, you know, loved one is, is, you know, telling you, no, you don't need it. That means you need it 10 times more. That's just my opinion right there. But also I've been hearing this term gaslighting. Yeah. Gaslighting. And I, you know, I, I didn't hear that in high school. I didn't hear everything in college, but now it's gaslighting, gaslighting, gaslighting. What the heck is gaslighting? Yeah. Gaslight, you know, the person where you just got done saying, um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of a good e- example. Um, hey, you know, you like, um, you really hurt my feelings. I was, you know, I was really upset when you, you know, said that I was stupid and I didn't understand what the problem was and you yelled at me and you embarrassed me in, a, other pe- in front of other people. And I really felt disrespected. And that person's like, I never called you stupid. That's gaslighting. Me, That's so gaslighting. If, if I called you, if, if you thought I called you stupid or I did call you stupid or so are you, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so it's, it's literal. So it's literal, right? So okay. it's not, it's not where, you know, you said I was stupid and you're like, okay, wait, you know, hold on, Joe. What did you hear me say? Well, you said, blah, 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 blah. Ah, okay. But I didn't say that you were stupid. Right. So is that, that's how I made you feel. Okay. Got it right? Like that's a different, that's a different thing where there's this misalignment of understanding, right? Or because we, you know, suppose, you know, and, and mind read and put, you know, put information into conversations that didn't necessarily happen. It's when somebody literally says, you know what, Amara, you're, that was a stupid idea. And you're like, Joe, that wasn't nice. Why, why did you say I was stupid? Amara, I never called you stupid. So the person who responds, Amara, I never called you stupid is a gaslighting. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Like, like, stop making something up. I never said that. I never did. I never did that. I just watched you do it. We watched two-year-olds. If you want to know what gaslighting is, watch your toddler at home. Why did you put, why did you put your toy in the dog's water bowl? I didn't do that. (laughs) I just saw you do it. I didn't do it. Right? Like they're, they are, they, and they will die on that hill. I did not touch the dog's bowl. And you're like, I just saw you do it. Right. My God, that is the best example. But why is it so common in relationships, especially like, as I said, more along the lines of today? And what are common examples based on like what you hear on on the regular? If you can share, of course, because I want to respect that. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of things are, um, when there's a power a, a power differential dynamic in a relationship, one person holds the majority of the power, right? Um, and the other person is afraid to leave, whether whether that they don't have a job, it's 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 financial, it's a bit based on children, right? Um, so we see it a lot with, you know, 
power dynamics and one person is is the one in charge, right? And so they're constantly setting the rules, changing the rules. So things like that, right? Um, it comes in with fights and name calling um, and a lot of, you know, controlling behavior. So we can think about gaslighting as narcissistic behavior, right? So somebody where it is all about me all the time, I'm going to keep changing the narrative and changing the rules and trying to control my partner's experience, right? Got it. So if there's somebody right now that's being gaslighted or they're resonating as you're speaking to that, what's a good tip for them? Yeah. So, you know, some of it is sounds really stupid and trite. And, and I say stupid intentionally because you're going to hear a lot about boundaries, boundaries. We don't have good boundaries, have good boundaries. Nobody, <laughs> has, you know, and, and so unfortunately that is some of it where being able to say, you know, the way that you're treating me is unacceptable. I won't tolerate it. Right. Um, you know, and it's really about I messaging, I statements, right. Um, I won't tolerate being called names. I'm, I'm, you know, respectfully requesting, you know, that you stop doing that. And if you don't, then I need to rethink this, right. Things like that. It very clear messaging. I, I won't tolerate, right. I won't, I won't tolerate this kind of disrespect. Um, I, like anything else, right? TikTok is is the <laughs> TikTok's the number one driving platform of mental health um, information, folks. For all of you listening, which I have a lot of opinions about, but oh my yet, God, is that terrifying? That's um, very terrifying. Are you kidding me? I thought it's just a place to just shut down and like, yeah, wow. So we see a lot of gaslight. So people will come in and they'll say, "I'm being gaslit." Okay, well give me some examples of that. Right. And so, so being really clear that we're not using psychological terms, narcissistic, you know, um, bipolar. Oh my God. She's so bipolar. Right. Oh, I'm so depressed. Oh, she's anxious. Oh my God. They said they're suicidal. Like the, these are really big deals when we start throwing around pathological, right. And, and clinical terms, gaslighting can be one of those things, right. Where, not everybody that's gaslighting knows they're doing it. And what you're looking for is the response, which is, hey, you know what? I I saw you do this thing. I saw, you know, I heard you say this thing and you're invalidating my experience, right? You're invalidating me, right? Is is that what you mean to be doing? And if their answer is, I didn't do that, <laughs> well, there you go. You did right. Or if they're like, Oh my gosh, you know, honey, I I didn't mean to do that. I'm really sorry. That was not my intention. Oh, okay, cool. Now we can have a doc create conversation, right? So, you know, giving people opportunities to to self-correct and be willing to grow, I think is is important. But when it looks like a duck and it sounds like a duck, chances are so things for me are patterns. When somebody you you're you've had the same fight. And they're like, I didn't say that. And you're like, here we go again. Probably, probably a gaslighting thing, right? Probably happening. No, I, I agree with you. And I and um somebody shared something with me that I it just hurt my heart that something similar now that it's called gaslighting, because I've heard it before. And yeah. I'm just like, you know, just kind of like now it's a lot clearer. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. But they were saying to the point where she was being told how much of a like nuisance she is in her relationship and how much she's annoying and how much. Mm-hmm. So to the point where she actually 
to everybody and anybody, she feels that she's annoying and she feels that she's, you know, she actually believes it in other areas in her life because she's been told that over and over and over again. And it was just like, and then hearing this and watching, watching her express this and like believing it was so heartbreaking, Joelle. It was crazy. Yeah. We don't realize the power that we give the people that we are in relationship with, whether it's our boss, our friends, you know, our family, our children, our partners, the power sometimes we relinquish in relationships, right? And so it, and and we have to do that to be vulnerable, right? That's not necessarily a bad thing. In order to be authentic, real, and vulnerable with the person that you love, we have to be willing to show that underbelly, right? The most vulnerable pieces of ourselves that gives the other person a lot of power to do a lot of psychological damage, right? Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, right? And so like that kind of emotional abuse. And so what is emotional abuse, right? When somebody's doing that, oh, like you're worthless, you're terrible, you're stupid, nobody believes you, you're, you know, you can't get anything right. That constant behavior, right, is abuse. And is it traumatic? Absolutely, absolutely traumatic. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I'm just thinking about that. Is it, does it, um, does it, is it done because of insecurity? Is that what it comes down to? Or is it just done because you could use the word narcissist, but like, cause you said also it's kind of control as well. And yeah. that, that's why, that's why I was just kind of asking that is that, could it come from that as well? Comes from, yeah, can come from a lot of places, right? Like I want to control the narrative, right? Um, you know, I don't want this person to leave me. So I'm going to just keep, you know, keep, you know, pounding them down, pounding them down. So they stay. I mean, there's a lot of reasons it could be learned behavior, right? That's, that's the only modeling of relationships I know. Therefore I'm repeating the behavior. Um, and none of these are excuses, right? Just potential explanations. I think it's just, it's not, it's not a cookie cutter thing. That's the problem. No, it isn't. And, you know, I, I appreciate you talking about that because I hope, I hope, I hope if there's somebody who's in that relationship in in that situation where you just don't know what it is, I mean, we'll have Joelle's information out here um, as well, but I just think it's very important, especially in today's day and age. It's just like, please just stop, stop torturing yourself because you're being tortured by somebody else. Like there is ways out and it just, it, it it's happening more so than it than I've ever heard before about just people being in relationships that they shouldn't be Joel. And it, yeah. and it scares me. And yeah, like it's not my business, but it's also is my business because I care, I care. Yeah. And you see people, you know, showing up, not being their true authentic self because the person that quote unquote loves them and, and is best for them is telling them that they're a piece of shit. Drives yeah. me crazy. Yeah. And, you know, there, there's, you know, in the world of podcasts, as we're doing one, you know, Google any kind of podcast you are after, you know, what is this, what are signs of toxic relationship podcast, you're going to get a million and just listen. And, and this isn't to say that, that I'm suggesting or Mar suggesting that, you know, leave your relationship right now. Like we can't, you know, we can't make that determination for someone, nope. right? It's really more about deciding what you need to be doing for yourself and, and start fact finding. You know, I always ask people like, 
what do you, how do you feel? Do you feel like you're on eggshells? Do you feel heavier, heavier, not better or worse, right? Do you feel heavy when you're with that person? Do you feel like you've got a weighted blanket on or do you feel light? And, and a good relationship will say, well, it just depends on the day or right. Or it depends on what's going on. You know, we're, we've got three, you know, kids under 10 and we both work and it's been COVID and we're parenting and we're teachers and we're, you know, we're all stuck in one place. And yeah, our relationship doesn't feel really great right now. Yep. That's probably pretty accurate, right? Does it mean it's a bad relationship? No. You know, so really spending time to, to do a little self-assessment, right? If you're not happy, what would make you happy? And when you're starting to answer that question of as long as if they did this, if they only did this, right? That's, that can be a flag sometimes. Oh right? my God. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's, it, but it, that's painful. That's painful, hard, hard work to do. Um, but, but here's what I, I, I tell, again, I have, you know, a 23 year old and a 21 year old, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so lots of conversations with relationships. I finally said, you know what, I'll just pay for therapy instead of sending you to college because after having me as a mother, I'm sure you're going to be all, <laughs> yeah. but, um, you know, but, but in relationships and just saying, look, here, here's a couple of, of thoughts, not even rules, just, just thoughts about relationships. It's okay to love somebody and it's okay to be in love with somebody and it's okay for them to not be in your life because they're not good for you. It doesn't mean that you, you don't have to love that, that you have to stop loving them. In fact, that's usually not how that works. Right. So understanding what that looks like, you know, the, the people that I love, whether it's romantic or friends or boss, or even family, the people that I love, are they toxic to me? Because it's okay to love them and not interact, right? There doesn't have to be a villain to the story. Right. Breakups doesn't mean the other person has to be the villain. Sometimes breakups happen or sometimes they need to happen because they need to happen. Right. Yeah. We need to move on. And it doesn't mean that somebody has to be the villain. Right. And that the person that you're with should bring out the best in you most of the time, not all of the time. Right. And if they're not, why not? Why not? What's why not? Why not? That's well, right. Maybe they, maybe they, they, we work opposite schedules. You know, I work with a lot of people, a lot of um, refugees and, and people with trauma, right? M military, first responders, law enforcement. I work, work with a lot of people. And, you know, it's like, oh, we work swing shifts. Like, oh, I don't actually see my, my partner. <laughs> you know, and like, in, unless, you know, one month, you know, one month out of, out of the year, or, you know, um, I work five days on and, and I have, you know, two days off and one day with the family, like, there's a lot of reasons why people disconnect are those bad relationships, not necessarily, right? Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's a great, great description. Thank you so much. Because at the end of the day, there's somebody right now that does not just, just, just thinks like, nope, I have to stay with them because of the kids. Or I have to, you know, you know, I, I have to do it. I have to torture myself to stay this way because of tradition or whatever, whatever the reasons is. Right. And that's not the case. As you just said right now, sometimes you just got to break up, just break up. Like, it, I, I love that you said that. But I wanted to bring up because, um, I mean, this is a lot of awesome nuggets on this. I was just taking notes about this. I'm like, wow, well, you're just dropping some damn fire. 
But as you wrap this up, you, you talk a lot about, you know, the mind care and we spoke yeah. about, it, but I want you to kind of, because we always say like, think about the body. So yeah. the mind and the body, how can we somehow connect them? Because they always say that gut feeling, that gut feeling. So yeah, mm-hmm. please elaborate on that. Yeah. So, you know, mind, body, spirit, mind, body, soul, and you can define soul and spirit a bunch of different ways. However, that is for, you know, you, the listener, um, for some people that's their ethos, who they are, their ego, other people, it's their religious background and, and higher power. So there's not a right answer to that. Um, but our mind, our body, and our, our soul are connected. Um, actually we make more, we make more neuro, um, neurotransmitters, right. That regulate depression and anxiety in our gut than we do in our brain. So when you have a stomach ache and you feel twitchy or you're nervous and you throw up like things like, yes, there's a connection between our emotional responses and our mental responses and our physical responses, our gut. Um, anytime you're nervous, if you shake, if you sweat, right, you get dry mouth, it is all interconnected. We, we can't separate one from the other. And so, you know, mental care, right, this idea of mental health care is having, you know, not just good physical care, good sleep hygiene, good diet exercise, you know, nutrition, water, all of those things, right? It's also checking in with how do we think about things, right? Are we are we constantly living in the past? Are we constantly negative? Is though, you know, that subconscious messaging, what can we do to be present and focused, right? So we're not too far forward, we're not too far back, that we are able to see our mistakes, evaluate them, pick, pick the things from them that we need to learn from, right? Try again the next day and, and do our best to let go of the pieces that aren't working. So really taking care of, of that balance of, you know, this mind, body, spirit, what do we need to do to connect to other people, right? What do we need to do to connect to ourselves? What do we need to do to connect to a higher power? That's soul work. So we're working as, as this, you know, whole component, right? Or holistic component, right? And it's a total response. Oh yeah. No, I, you said something sub subconscious messages. And this yeah. is something that my mentor Rob Dial did. And I love it. It's like a freaking mind hack, but he's like, when he'll ask a question and we'll think about, all right, stop. Okay. He'll be like, all right, I want you to count to three. No, one, two, three. And then he goes, I'm just going to ask you a question and you just answer it. And he'll be like, all right, what's your name? Amar. What's, your, what's going on? What's your favorite color? Blue. Okay. What do you want to do with your life? I just want to do blah, blah. And then boom, it comes out. And it's yeah. just like, holy shit. And that's what you said about subconscious message. And I'm like, yeah, that actually works. Like just shutting it down. And the only way though, it worked for me though, because I've like, like what you just mentioned, I'm learning a lot about the body now and the mm-hmm. mind, because it was me before working on myself and doing my mind care. I was, you know, I just had everything up here. It was, it was nothing about the body other than exercising. That was the only thing about, there was no, no synchronicity, no sync and synchronicity. Yeah. I can't even say the word. I know. There was no collaboration between the two. That's for sure. There were two separate entities and I'm learning to kind of join them together. And holy shit, Joel, that's all I got to tell you is like, holy shit. Because when you keep it all up here, yeah, you feel it here. You feel it here. That's why you're uneasy. You have that heartburn. I had a stomach problem, all that. What you just said, that's why I was just like, 
And, and you are, you know, a retired athlete. So um, my guess is you have a lot of chronic pain and you have injuries and all of that affects our mental health, right? It affects our, our irritability, right? If you have a chronic backache and you have chronic headaches and you, you know, you have stomach ache, right? You're not going to probably be in the best mood. You're not going to be always putting that best foot forward, right? Um, you know, so chronic pain, chronic injuries, all of that affects our mood, right? And that negative messaging. So, you know, my favorite hack with this is this idea of if then, right? So just go with it, right? Okay, I'm not going to get the job. All right, if you don't get the job, then what? Well, then I won't have any money. Okay, if you don't have any money, then what? Well, then I'm going to be homeless. Well, if you're homeless, then what? Well, then, you know, I like, I don't have anything. Okay, and then what? Right. Because eventually what people will get to is what they think about themselves. Mm -hmm. Well, if I'm homeless and I don't have any money, I am a failure. Ah, there it is. Right. And if you're a failure, then what does that say about you? What does that mean to the people around you? Well, they won't love me. I'll be alone. That's oh, there it is. Right. Um, so it's this if then. OK, if then what? And then you take that. OK, then what? Okay, then what? Like, eventually, we call it a core belief. You will get to that negative core belief that is the underlining of what that negative subconscious messaging is, right? And it usually is, I'm unworthy, I'm unlovable, I'm a failure, right? Not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm incompetent. These negative core, which is, the, and so the other thing that I'll do with people is in the moment, when you're you're hearing yourself say that stop yourself right it's called thought stopping imagine a stop sign stop <sighs> take a big breath and go okay whose voice is that because nine times out of ten you'll be like oh that's my dad or oh that's my coach or oh that's the teacher that yelled at me when i was 12 who remembers that nobody <laughs> until you're in that moment where you're like oh that's what that was right? How old are you when you feel that way? Because chances are you're not in your body, you're not in your mind in this present moment, right? You're somewhere back in time. So those are three, you know, tricks, right? Very quick tricks to start working with the negative messaging that, you know, when you come to me, you pay a lot of money for therapy on, here you go, here's three hacks, right? So <laughs> if then statements, right? If then statements, thought stopping, right? And how old am I? Whose voice is it? Right. And the idea is stop, take a breath and ask yourself, can I let it go for right now? Not forever. Because that when we say forever, we, we go right back into no, 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 no. It's too scary. So it's like, can I just let this go for right now so I can go do the thing I need to do? Right. Just for right now. You can come back to it. I promise you that message is going to be there for you the next time you're in the, right? Oh, yeah. Like, oh yeah. It'll be on your mind. You're absolutely right. Cause I hear yeah. people who try to do that, but they're still obsessive over the issue, even yeah. though they're going to do that. And you're right. You just got to stop and, and breathe, which is another thing that I'm learning about breath work. Oh, breathe. Yeah. Oh yes. It's the, it's one of the, the key things, right? And so all of this requires some, you know, some breath work and it's really simple in through the nose. For four, hold your breath for four, breathe out for four, rest for four, right? And um, fundamentally important. And, 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 if it were this easy, Amar, you and I would not have jobs. Nope. <laughs> you said that it last is, time. <laughs> it is super easy to understand. And it is extremely 
and it's intuitive, right? It's extremely difficult to execute. So for me, my my little trick is I have sticky notes everywhere. I write this crap on sticky notes. I have them all over my desk. Um, that's what's in this workbook is a bunch of the these like you know quick bites of here's here's a trick. Try it. Keep coming back to it. If it works, cool. If it doesn't, try a different trick because there's a lot of different ways to approach this kind of stuff. Yes, and and in your workbook, we're gonna have all that as well. Yes, yes. Yes, so, uh, <laughs> so excited. Workbook. And don't you worry, you guys, we're going to have that uh, workbook in the show notes and all the, all the fun stuff on there. Yeah, and well. we'll have a discount code for your listeners. Oh, look at that. that She's stuff. even taking care of you guys. Look at that. Absolutely. Joelle, I just want to thank you so much again for taking time out of your crazy, 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 crazy busy schedule to just hop on here and jam out and just give so many nuggets Um just for what you do. And I just want to tell you, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing and I appreciate you just giving back. So thank you thank so much, Joelle, oh, for coming back. You're thank the best. You for having me. No, thank you again. And that's that. Thank you all so much for showing up and listening. Please make sure you click on the subscribe button so you never miss out. Share with your family, friends, and tribe. If you think this is awesome information, tag me at Leaders Life Podcast on Instagram. You all freaking rock. Remember, why not you? Why not now? Hope you have an amazing, amazing rest of your day.